It's December 23rd, 2020. Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Mars Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we'll have Millie James from the Hawaii Venture Capital Association, and she's here to tell us about the nomination period for the upcoming HVCA Entrepreneur and Deal of the Year event coming up. And of course, uh, then we'll be joined by Brandon Carisu from Upspring and <clears throat> Josh Quint from the Department of Health to talk about contact tracing and an application called Aloha Safe. Now, Mele, I, I miss having you come into the studio, but um, you know, I guess I have to settle for a second, uh, second best, which is having you call in. And of course, uh, Mele, everybody knows she's with the uh, Hawaii Venture Capital Association and Mana Up, and and the uh, upcoming. Entrepreneur and Deal of the Year event is is uh, shortly uh, coming up next year. So, Mele, welcome to Bite Mark Cafe. Thanks, Bert, and I hope you're keeping my my chair safe, the one that has the Mele on it. <laughs> of course, of course, <laughs> I dust it off every time I come in here. <laughs> so, yeah, Mele, so um, we're hosting our HDCA Hawaii Venture Capital Association 21st Annual Entrepreneur and Deal of the Year Award, um, and we're we're really excited. You know, we've learned a lot from, from other events that have happened virtually, and, and we're actually feeling that this is a, a little bit of silver lining in, in that, you know, our main goal for the awards is to help spread and share awareness around all the great entrepreneurial activity happening um, in Hawaii and key examples of successes and pivots and growth that our entrepreneurs in many different sectors um, are doing here in the islands. And so, you know, by hosting this virtually and, and giving access uh, we're actually not charging for tickets this year. Um, I think we're going to get a much bigger audience um, and be able to share those stories to an even greater one in the community. So, Melly, you know, usually during the year, there's a whole bunch of events. You know, you have, you got, uh, uh, of course, your your uh, Mana Up event. You got Blue Startups. You got Elemental. You got, you know, you got a variety of different things where people come together and they kind of meet meet the meet the entrepreneurs. They they see the pitches. Uh, and I know a lot of those happen virtually. Uh, so what do you think? I mean, do you think there's a, a, a good enough uh, uh, range of assortment that uh, people can select from? And, and how, do you, how do you make sure that you get the good nominations coming in this year? Yeah, so, you know, we're definitely spreading the word through all of our partners. Um, and, you know, the event's been happening for 21 years. Uh, we have always have a 20-page you know, spread in Hawaii Business Magazine as our media partner. And, of course, we're always on Bite Mark. So, you know, I think there's a, a big appetite for so many entrepreneurs who have had to pivot this year. You know, our theme is, you know, thriving is really around kind of thriving through change. Um, and one of the things we're looking for are entrepreneurs and startups that have pivoted this year um, with everything going on. And so, you know, I think, you know, the, the Mana Up showcase that we hosted on in November, I learned a lot from um, and really how to take an online event to the next level, keeping it very entertaining, keeping it quick. Um, and, and because we had 80,000 people that watched that show, I'm really excited to see you know, how many people we can get to watch in our hour-long awards event. Uh, we're hoping to be having it on KHON so that um, we have a bigger audience and just getting those eyeballs and getting people excited about all the entrepreneurship and small business and startups happening here. So. I think, you know, we're really trying to get nominations. You know, the, they're due December 26th. I know it's the day after Christmas, and we, we may or may not extend a day or two to give people a little bit more time. But um, we've always had a, an incredible amount of, of nominations, and I don't see that changing this year. I think our selection committee is going to have a, 
a tough time. We were always battling it out um, because there's so many great, great startups and ideas um, here. So, so who's on the selection committee so, so these entrepreneurs can know who to pay off? <laughs> well, um, we have a, a group of people who are members who um, have different expertise in different areas. Uh, we, have, we have so many different types of awards. We've got, you know, student entrepreneur tech. We've got agriculture, clean tech, social impact, consumer packaged goods. So many different areas um, that we cover. We really try to get a nice um, assortment of, of, of HBCA members who, who do know pretty extensively the startups, the entrepreneurs, and what's going on in the industry so that we can get great representation. Now, when, when somebody gets nominated... Are, are the selection committee able to uh, do a little uh, research on them? And, and where would the, the research uh, emanate from? Would it be the fact that they might have caught them on a, you know, a virtual demo day? Or do they go to the website? Or where would they really kind of inform themselves you know, who to select based on you know, who gets nominated? Yeah. So you know, we, do, we try to make the nomination form not too lengthy. Um, but a lot of that information, if someone's nominating themselves or another company, they should definitely try to get as much as they can into the into the forum. So it's easy for us to see all the great things they've done, especially in the last you know, 12 months. Um, but we would access um, more information that's available online. Um, we don't normally call the entrepreneur ahead of time. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. We would do the research online um, and then make our selections. Um, so- and then, of course, what you did this magazine goes out and interviews all of our finalists, all of our winners. And, of course, in the March edition, it gets released the night of the event um, where we've got this incredible spread. Um, again, really creating that awareness around all the awesomeness happening here in the tech sector and startup sector. So the, okay, so the nomination deadline is the 26th, which is just a couple days away. But the yes. event it doesn't uh, actually take place till, till when? March, you said? Yes, the event's happening on March. Uh, and that's, excuse me, February 26th. Okay, February, yeah. I kind of thought it was February. <clears throat> so, yeah. uh, and then so there'll be a spread and then uh, it'll be on KHON. So that's, that's going to be cool. Okay, so uh, where can people find this nomination form? They can find it at hvca.org. Great. I'll put that up on our show okay. notes. I'll remind everybody to do it by the 26th. Uh, and now, now you all know the secret. It's all about the the informative nomination paper that you submit. So, you know, the, you got to get working on that. So thanks, Millie. Thanks, Millie, for joining us. Thanks, Bert. Thanks for having me. And happy, happy holidays. holidays. Thanks. Okay, we'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined by Brendan Carisu and Josh Quint, and we'll talk about exposure notification and the app called Aloha Safe. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors, locations, and Honolulu Waldorf School. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe, and I'm, of course, I'm uh, glad to welcome Brandon Carisu. He's the president of AIO Digital, and Josh Quint, who's the uh, epidemiologist over at the Department of Health, and we're here to talk about exposure notification, contact tracing, and the app called Aloha Safe. I want to welcome you both to uh, Bite Marks Cafe. Thanks, Bert. Glad to be here. Yeah, yeah so, so um, Brandon, I know we had you on before, and, and uh, we were talking about, you know, the work that you folks are doing. And I know, I know you know, I, I guess it's uh, AIO Digital. Is that, and is that different from Upspring? 
are they kind of the same or what different? Um, yeah, AIO Digital is just uh, uh, up, Upspring is a part of AIO Digital. So we also have uh, another company called Library Creative, um, which is more of a branding and design studio and mm-hmm. some other uh, digital investments that kind of fold under this uh, umbrella. And and so when we when we first had you on, uh, you know, we were uh, talking about some of these applications and. And, uh, you know, that's when the uh, Google API, Google Apple API uh, was, was was being um, uh, announced and released. And, and there needed to be, you know, a good partnership with the Department of Health uh, in order for the application to be, you know, adopted. And, and I think you guys have made some, you know, some definite progress. I mean, maybe share a little bit about what, uh, what went on between, you know, the first time we spoke and, and now. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I think I mentioned the last time, but, you know, we've been working on this uh, application for a, a few months now. Um, and I think since the last time we spoke, uh, actually uh, rolled the application out. Uh, so it's available in the app stores, um, both the Apple and Google, uh, the Android store. Um, and we we piloted first on Lanai. Mm-hmm. And I think that was like in um, maybe in mid-November, and um, right after that, we we did a, another small pilot in Hana, the community in in Maui, and um, just last week we rolled it out uh, to the rest of Maui County, and I think in the next week or so, Kauai and um, Hawaii County, and then a, a statewide rollout um, first week of January. Okay. Okay. Now, now, uh, Josh. I mean, what what um, uh, role in this does uh, Department of Health play? I know it's a major role, and I know it needed to basically kind of get the the blessing <clears throat> of of the Department of Health. Uh, but how does this application help you at the Department of Health? Uh, you know, with with things like uh, contact tracing. Maybe you can kind of go over how the application actually works. Yeah. Great. So. Uh been really great working with Brandon and you know we found out about him early on when he was uh, launching Aloha Trace and we saw how that was complementing the activities that Department of Health was doing and and we were able to form this partnership. Department of Health has a key role in this process because it does relate to contact tracing of of contacts of people who have been diagnosed with COVID-19. We have our traditional approach to that that's um, still ongoing and we've really been wrapping that up the last few months to make sure that we're reaching out to 100% of cases that are diagnosed in the state, and then walking back with them through their memory to try to understand who they may have been into close contact with, and that's six feet or less for 15 minutes or more during the period of time when they were contagious. Uh, We're excited about this new technology because it's going to complement that that, uh, manual kind of traditional strategy for finding contacts and bring some 21st century technology into the conversation. And I'll let Brandon maybe talk about kind of the beginning of the user experience, how they can go to the app store to download it, and then um, describe how the health, the health department's role well, before, well in the process. Before we, we do that, uh, um, I wanted to give you, um, Josh, a chance to, you know, the traditional method of, of contact tracing, maybe just kind of describe how it's currently done without the application. Yeah, I'd love to talk about that. So it, it's... Uh, very labor-intensive. It's a very high-skilled process. So 
um, it's really like uh, we have our investigators, our case investigators, and they're very experienced at being able to uh, talk through someone through their background and their history. They want to find out how the person uh, may have been exposed so we can understand the sources of infection, but also who the person may have uh, exposed the virus to. Mm -hmm. um, they're usually their uh, friends and family, um, but also can be sometimes more casual acquaintances. And uh, we're really good at catching those household contacts and um, close friend contacts because people, um, ha you know, have good memories about those those people. It's pretty obvious. Uh, but the ones that were are difficult to find are those kind of more um, anonymous, casual contacts that people have in the course of a day and traditional methods of, of trying to you know, it assumes that the person knows the identity and knows how to get in touch with, with those types of contacts. And that may not always be the case for 100% of, of contacts. So uh, that's where the, the digital technology can kind of step in and, and play a role. And, and Josh, you know, uh, uh, I mean, we've heard a number of times, uh, you know, mentioned on, on news that uh, the, the, how, the whole contact tracing process is a pretty labor-intensive. And, you know, given the, the counts, like uh, let's say you know on any given day there's uh, I don't know maybe a hundred a hundred uh, positive cases are all hundred of of those cases uh, going through a contact tracing exercise with somebody in the Department of Health? Yeah, we definitely attempt to reach hundred um, percent. Sometimes the, the contact information that we have available to us is is not perfect, um, and sometimes people are not necessarily cooperative, but most most are and. We're finding um, through data that we reach about 70% um, or more of all, of all cases. And, and yeah, we, we go through a contact tracing process with those cases. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so if, if, let's say, I, I went and I got tested and I got positive, uh, it would be recorded that, you know, I, uh, Bert Lam is on record. And then so somebody then from the Department of Health would then call me up and then it would be a, uh, an, an exercise of me trying to remember, like over the last, uh, I don't know how far back you folks go, but you know, it would be my recollection of who I might have come in contact uh, over that period of time. Yeah, it's really that key window of 48 hours prior to your onset of symptoms. That's when the infectious period starts, and then it, it will uh, proceed on from there, depending on how long your symptoms last. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so that's that's a that's a good um, explanation of how the manual process works, and and maybe Brandon, I mean, how does the how does the app uh, help to provide that information that may you know have only been been um, relied on through memory? How does the how does Aloha Safe uh, actually provide some of that that potential contact information? Yeah, so. Uh, <clears throat> So the app, it, it uses uh, low-energy Bluetooth mm -hmm. technology. Uh, so that's, you know, running on your on your device. And uh, the, the, by using the low-energy Bluetooth, you know, it doesn't drain your battery. Um, so maybe it, here's a quick example of, of how the technology uh, works. Um, you know, so say I, I go to a small get-together, and there's like a handful of people handful of people there, um, and everybody has the Aloha Safe Alert app installed on their device. Um, you know, everyone's sitting in a circle, talking stories, and, you know, while we're doing that, our apps in the background are, are pinging each other. 
uh, using Bluetooth. And what it's doing is it's exchanging these gibberish codes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, by doing this, it's measuring how far apart we are from each other, um, how unobstructed our interaction is, the duration of our interaction, and, and of course, the, the date and time of this interaction. So say the next day, um, you know, I'm not feeling well, I, I go and get tested, and it turns out that I'm positive. Everyone at that get-together, you know, if they meet uh, a minimum exposure criteria, would automatically receive a notification on their device, you know, saying that they may have been exposed to COVID-19. It doesn't say who may have exposed them or where they may have been exposed. It's just, uh, it just says they may have been exposed. So, you know, now rather than being um, out and about, um, you know, spreading the virus, they can self-quarantine or, or get tested themselves or take uh, other precautions. Okay, okay. Now, now, uh, Josh, from a Department of Health standpoint, uh, you know, the, the manual calling and, and trying to uh, get an idea as to who might have come into contact with, with a, a person that's uh, COVID positive, uh, would your contact tracers now, n- you know, maybe not necessarily be, be needed and, and it would just be a matter of, you know, if you got Aloha Safe and you got some indication that you might have come into contact, then now it becomes uh, their responsibility to, to take some um, precautionary action. Yeah, we really see this as a, a complementary approach. So we're not going to stop doing contact tracing. We think there's definitely still a role for that traditional manual process. Uh, certain situations can be more complicated or require more uh, intervention from, from Department of Health uh, specialists. But then we also see an opportunity for, exactly as you described, for the community and members of the community to be empowered, to take some of this uh, responsibility and procedures into their own hands. You know, we all carry these devices around with us all the time. And if, if they can help us notify us, you know, something about our risk status and uh, when we may have been exposed, then we see that as a, a net benefit. So the, the way the process will work is, uh, we want people to know that after they test positive, um, once it goes live and the app is launched in their area, so it's currently only launched in Maui, but um, so currently in Maui and then uh, statewide later in January, uh, people will receive an, a text message from the Department of Health that invites them to share their diagnosis. And if they don't have the app at that time, uh, they can ignore it. Um, if they click on the link, it'll uh, take them to a website that describes what the app is all about. But if they have had the app, and we're hoping a lot of people will, um, then it will upload their diagnosis into a national key server. Now, their diagnosis is not linked to their name in any way. It's completely, as Brandon said, it's these gibberish numbers that are changing every few minutes. So they uh, would not be linked. Only the Department of Health knows the identity of the cases. And it's really important to the Department of Health that we protect the privacy uh, of all users and maintain the anonymity. But what this app does is it allows people to anonymously notify their contacts and to do so in a way that's independent of the health department. So, you know, it is dependent on um, the traditional method is dependent on health department having 
you know, sufficient resources. And we saw this in August when the cases went up really quickly, um, too quickly for us to train all the new staff that, that we would have needed to be able to call every single new case that was mm-hmm. coming in at that rate. And so this gives us both the ability to reach cases uh, who, and sorry, contacts uh, who have been exposed to the case may not have recalled their identity or may not have their contact information. So it picks up on some of those anonymous contacts, but also does so in a faster way because it's working independent of the manual process. So we see them as layers. Uh, Some people have talked about the Swiss cheese model, you know, any prevention strategy, even as the vaccine comes out, uh, it's highly effective, but it's not 100% effective and not everyone will get it at the same time. So we're really looking to layer on these prevention strategies, whether it's hand washing, uh, wearing a mask, six feet distance, and now this app is just another tool that people can add into their repertoire to, to help um, slow down the spread and so we can get back to um, back to normal, hopefully, sooner than later. Yeah, no, no that's great. And, and so, you know, I, uh, Brandon, I do want to talk about the uh, pilot that, that uh, you've already started, and, and maybe you can share some of the, the results uh, from that. So we'll hold that thought. We'll be right back after the short break to continue our conversation with Brandon Carisu, president of AIO Digital, and Josh Quinn, epidemiologist over at the Department of Health, and we're talking about Aloha Safe. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, we're talking to Brandon Carisu, president of AIO Digital, and Josh Quinn, epidemiologist over at uh, the Department of Health, and we're talking about uh, Aloha Safe and and how it works and how it's a part of a layered strategy to really kind of get a get a handle on the the spread of uh, the coronavirus. And what do we you know what we wanted to kind of explore now is uh, it's you know the Aloha Safe application has already been rolled out to communities like, you know, in, in uh, Lanai and, and Hana. And so, Brandon, I mean, what, what is uh, those pilots uh, revealed to you? And, and how was the adoption of Aloha Safe? Yes, the, the pilot in Lanai um, and in Hana was, we feel it was very successful. Uh, and it kind of laid the groundwork uh, for us to... Um, to move on to other jurisdictions. So, you know, all of Maui County and, um, uh, you know, and, and other counties um, in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what we learned was, um, you know, taking a grassroots approach was was really effective for us. Um, you know, we found a, a, a good community partner in Lanai, in, um, in Pulama Lanai, who helped us. Uh, get connected with some of the main uh, community influencers there on the island. Um, you know, they invited us to uh, participate and, and present at at a town hall meeting, which was attended by, I'd say, almost the entire island. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was organized by, you know, Mayor Victorino and um, Senator English and, and Rep. DeCoit. And um, I'd say that that meeting or that approach was, was what really drove uh, uh, app adoption on Lanai. Um, we, we don't really know exactly how many downloads, um, app downloads uh, Lanai had, but um, we do know that uh, 
you know, we had a, a significant amount of downloads following that um, that town hall meeting. So we, we kind of followed that same approach with HANA, um, where we had a, a community meeting, and it was attended by majority of the community, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, you know, what we found was that um, the, the, the people in, in – in Lanai and Hana, they're very uh, supportive and they're willing to, to uh, you know, try this app out and um, and see if it can help them uh, mitigate the spread. And and you know, in terms of the the kind of uh, smartphone that you need, I mean, do you have to have the latest version, or uh, can you run it on like my my uh, iPhone seven? No. Uh, no the version. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the iPhone, um, it's uh, the iOS version is a thirteen point seven or greater. Uh huh. And uh, Android has to be on version six or above. And uh, it, it doesn't work on um, iPads or tablets; it's just for uh, for phones. Okay, so you got to make sure that you have the latest, uh, or at least the the iOS uh, version. And and so in terms of uh, the adoption, I mean, you feel pretty confident that that it went pretty well. And and I know you're you're planning to roll it out to uh, Kauai County and and the Big Island County. I mean, so are you uh, obviously taking the same kind of tactic, uh, going through sort of a grassroots um, awareness of the application? Yes, um, that that's going to be our strategy, um, and we're connecting with uh, the counties as well, um, and. Um, uh, the politicians in in that in that area to help uh, kind of help us get the word out. And and you know why not why not have a, a quicker rollout for like say, City uh, uh, County of Honolulu. I mean what what's uh, keeping it from you know actually getting widespread uh, you know sort of rollout now. Yeah, I can speak to that. Um, I think um, from yeah. Department of Health perspective, we've been really trying to understand this. It's, very brand new technology. A lot of the earliest states that did launch um, did struggle with adoption, and that was seen as kind of the key barrier to overcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're glad that we've been in this position and that we have waited until this time because just in the last few weeks, uh, a few states like Colorado, California have pioneered uh, some new approaches to the way that they're implementing this technology, in particular this, this method of sending cases Every case in the state, uh, once we launch, will receive these, you know, text messages from the health department. That's a brand new feature that no one was doing uh, a month ago. And but they've seen from their experience that it um, tremendously improves the response and, and the type of the number of notifications that are being generated. So uh, we we're in a good spot in Hawaii that that we waited. We let the really really early adopters because this is so experimental and unproven kind of um, learn from those mistakes. And then now we're hoping that it, it can really be effective in, in this in our state here. So, so uh, Brandon, in the last uh, 30 seconds or so, you know, the app is available to download now. So anybody can actually go ahead and download it, right? Uh, yes, the apps are available in the app stores, in the uh, both the Apple and the Android app store. Uh, but we're looking at, you know, the first week of January for for a full statewide uh, rollout. Okay, sounds good. And so, where can people go to check out Aloha Safe? Uh, they can go to alohasafealert.org. dot uh, Has all 
for more information, um, FAQs, and also go to the app stores and search for Aloha State download it. Okay, sounds good. Brandon Cariso, president of AIO Digital and Josh Quinn, epidemiologist and data scientist over at the Department of Health. I want to thank you both for joining us today. And of course, thank you for listening to Bite Mars Cafe. Join us next week when we'll talk about the COVID relief package. If you missed any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you uh, have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, and Stitcher. You stay safe, stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Bite Marks Cafe.